Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast. This is Season 4. Thank you all so much for downloading the podcast today. Wherever you are right now in the world listening, my name is Robbie Cox. A brand new podcast show will be premiering Wednesday, October 6th called the Shannon Rollison Podcast. And this one's for all the coaches out there. And the star of the podcast is none other than the Olympic and World Championship winning coach himself, Mr. Reverse Periodization, Shannon Rollison. Each week, Shannon and I will go through a subject of choice and he'll give us his stories and insights behind some of Australian sporting folklore, starting with episode number one, the 2004 Athens Olympics. It's a swimming podcast like no other out there, and I cannot wait for you all to wrap your ears around it when it premieres on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Wednesday, the 6th of October. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Today on the podcast is one of Swimming Australia's brightest young stars of the pool. He was selected to be on the Junior Australian team this year after his hugely successful Australian age champs up on the Gold Coast representing his club of Knox Pimble. It's not hard to see why he was selected to represent Australia at a junior level. Uh, it's a big welcome to Off the Block Swing podcast to Mr. Josh Collette. Josh, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I know you've got some pretty big names that come on your podcast, so it's a real privilege of mine to be here speaking to you today. Mate, it's a privilege of mine. I always say, you know, having the younger swimmers on, it's always my way of trying to predict the future. And although, you know, you probably don't see yourself as those bigger names at the moment, uh, no doubt, mate, in the future, um, you know, people will be listening back to this going, oh, I remember, you know, Josh was on Off The Blocks. That's how I started to to learn about him. So that's why we do it, mate. And I've got a good track record. Just look at Molly O'Callaghan. I had her on the podcast, Neck Minute. She's over on, on the Olympic team, breaking junior world records. So uh, that's just how we roll here on the podcast. Mate, I've got to ask, how, how are you travelling at the moment? You've had a bit of uh, travel back and forwards, and we'll get to that in a minute, so don't give away too much. But... How have you been? Uh, I've been pretty well. I've been lucky to, you know, not not have any real um, COVID-related issues. No, no one that I know also has COVID-related issues. And, yeah, I've, I've been I've been on the luckiest side of New South Wales and, and Queensland to just not really see any any underlying health issues. I've been staying quite fit, um, you know, pretty regular training. So, yeah, all is well for me. Well, yeah, that brings me to my question, mate. I've got to ask. Obviously, I reached out to you to try and get you on the podcast uh, not that long ago, and and you replied, "Sure, mate. Can we do it just after Queensland State Champs?" And I thought, "Oh man, not a bloody another one. Here we go. Another one of our top swimmers is is moved up to Queensland." So I said, "Wait, what? You know, what do what do you mean?" So talk to us about that. Obviously, you you competed up at Queensland State Short Course Championships uh, a week and bit ago. Um, what brought that about? Obviously, to set people's mind at ease, you're still very much a New South Welshman, but 
What, uh, how did you manage to find yourself up there racing? Oh, look, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, I was in Queensland. I was in the Gold Coast since, um, since Olympic trials back in June, like or middle of June. Um, I was kind of there just on a holiday and preempting a couple of Swimming Australia events just off the back of the junior team selection. And so, yeah, so, so I was there for a while, but then they all got cancelled. And then simultaneously, the New South Wales COVID started getting more severe and the border closures and stuff started getting stronger. And so it wasn't really uh, an ideal time to go back into New South Wales and it, and it hasn't been for quite a while. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, we were always planning on going home, but it was just a question of when. But it, it just so happened that um, Queensland State was on and we were still there and, and, you know, the coaches were like, oh, if you want to swim, you can always just register as a visitor. And so, yeah, that's what I did. Um, I, I had a quite a good lead in with um, the Bond age group squad. And so my training, a little bit impaired, but not, not the worst that I've ever done. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, it was a new experience facing in a different state and a different, um, just a different state level event. Um, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was happy. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions, obviously, off the back of that. Number one, training with Bond. Uh, who, who did you train under there? Was it Kyle? I know, obviously, um, Chris Mooney's come down, but I don't know if he was quite there just yet. Um, Kyle Samuelson is is one of the you know the great age group coaches of that team. And did you get to train with some of the young flies? Obviously, I know Flint Southam's there, and he's a, he's an absolute star. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're 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 full of talent. They're loaded, aren't they? Um, they got Flynn. There, there's Jesse, um, Jude. Lewis, that you name it, they're all they're all they're all hot shots. Um, yeah, they were they were a lovely bunch of guys to train with as well. Not just not just because of how how hard they work and how diligent they are, but just they've got a really good culture going there. Um, they're quite well knit as as a team and as a group of blokes, and um, it's something great to be part of. But yeah, I, I was I was with Kyle. He was also a very nice coach. He's a pretty funny guy. Mm. And um, I did see Chris on. Uh, on the last day that I was there, which was a little while ago now, but yeah, I saw him and, and he was also very nice. And so, yeah, they've, they've got a really, they've got a very nice culture and a nice dynamic going on up there. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. You found yourself in a, in a great spot, that's for sure. And how did you stay up there? Like you say, you guys stayed up there. Where did you stay? You weren't still in a hotel or Airbnb, were you? Like, did you get to stay with family, friends? How did you get to stay up there? Yeah, no. Um, so. From from Olympic trials, I was just up there with my mum. But um, mum and my parents or were lucky enough to get a holiday house uh, in the Gold Coast. They've had it for quite a while now. I don't know exactly how long, but they have had it for a while. And um, yeah, so we flew straight there. And then um, my dad and my younger brother they also flew up at the same time. So we were all up there, and it was all good. Holiday house on the Gold Coast. Look at you guys go. You're absolutely <laughs> killing it. Um, talk to me. We mentioned there, obviously, you swam at uh, Queensland Short Course Championships. How did you go? Um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I knew that I hadn't been doing my best training just because I'd been focusing a little bit on school. Um, I had a couple of exams not not so long before then. Um, so I hadn't been doing I hadn't been doing extremely consistent training through. Um, I was also battling a little bit of a shoulder injury. Um, doing a bit of freestyle and so I, I decided to just withdraw from all of my uh, freestyle events so I did I ended up doing 50 breast 100 breast and 50 fly um, just quite short stuff and mm. yeah uh, I was I was uh, I was a bit surprised that I actually got PBs in all of them so uh, I mean that's that's a win I guess 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We, especially over those short distances, it's always good to pick up a, a few improvements there. Now, talk to me about, obviously, I mentioned earlier, you made the junior Australian team off the back of, you know, your phenomenal results uh, at age on the Gold Coast. Obviously, that didn't go ahead. We, we know that was aimed at having, you know, a junior team versus a, a uni team or whatever it was supposed to be that didn't go ahead. Uh, how did you cope with that? Obviously, there's not much you can do about it, so it's not as if we can cry about it, but still would have been disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a bit of a string of um, cancellations, actually. Um, you know, the international one got cancelled. Not that, not that Swimming Australia ever planned on going to that, but that got cancelled. There was like a training camp that got cancelled and then the duel in the pool also got cancelled. And so, I mean, it was a bit disheartening, but, you know, I'd kind of stayed up there to try and be there for them, especially with the situation in New South Wales. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing, but as you said, what can you do? It, it's, it is what it is. It's just it's one, it's one less competition, but we'll, I'm sure we'll make up for it somewhere in the near future. Absolutely, mate. It's one of those things, you know, control what you can and don't stress about what you can't. And as you said, you found yourself in a pretty uh, enviable situation being able to still train up there and still get amongst it um, versus, you know, coming back down here to Sydney where you would have been, you know, stuck in your house and not, not able to get out amongst it. So you, you made a smart decision there. 2022, mate, we're going to see the uh, arrival of the Australian Swim League which is obviously based off the, the International Swim League we're seeing over in uh, in Europe right now. Uh, how excited are you to, to try and maybe be amongst it? I don't know what the protocols are or who, you know, how the teams are going to be made up, but no doubt in terms of, you know, your age, your speed, uh, you're going to be on the radar for some of those teams, you know, to try and pick up, whether it's maybe, you know, on the you know back end of one of the teams. Are you excited to be amongst that? Yeah, no, look, I haven't heard much about that one, actually. I've heard a little bit, but... Uh, it does sound very exciting. It does sound very promising for the future of Australian swimming as well. It's going to be a real um, eye catcher and, and it will draw attention, hopefully, of the, the swimming community, but also just the wider Australian community. Uh, it hopefully be a good promotion for swimming as a sport in Australia. Um, yeah, I, look, I don't know what the selection process and stuff like that is yet, but um, yeah, no, I'd be happy to be selected and if I did get more opportunities to rest then I'd you know you can count on me to be taking them well absolutely I think you'd be perfect for that mate to be honest if we're looking at your versatility um you know obviously 200 IM breaststroke um you know you're not short of a bit of speed uh, for relays and things like that so I think you'd be perfect so you know if I come about you know being involved in a teammate I'll make sure I keep you in mind that's for sure <laughs> now um, one thing I like to do on this show and I don't have to go too far back for you because you're still a young pup but I like to go back to to the earliest memories of swimming to to see what drew you to the pool what are your earliest memories of of being in the swimming pool yeah, well, so I started swimming squads at the age of eight. Um, I was at my I was at my home club, just a local Lane Cove. Um, I, I grew up there. Um, you know, I came to love it. There, there was a really good group of um, swimmers there, and um, my earliest memories would include training with them. They were they were very nice. They were, it was a lot of fun. It was a real fun dynamic. Um, pretty competitive. They were they were they were always you know there was always a bit of banter going on. And um, I do remember competing from quite a young age. I, I used to love it, you know. That's kind of why I've stuck with the sport. I love the thrill that racing gives you. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I'd go back as far as um, there was a school nationals in 2014 that was one of my 
one of my favorite things just just one of the first ones that you go to it's always it's always really memorable and it sticks with you and um yeah just just racing like that um yeah th- that's the type of things that i enjoy and i i look back on now and i'm really grateful for yeah great setup over there at uh, lane cove at the moment they just redone the 50 meter pool and brilliant you know massive grandstand and um fantastic uh yeah training facilities over there not long being done obviously COVID didn't help that people couldn't go once it sort of got open and then we went into a lockdown again but once we come out of lockdown for anyone out there uh go get amongst it tremendous facilities over there at lane cove at the moment um in, in terms of other sports mate have you have you got around any other sports during your younger you know age yeah yeah um you know my parents were very good in that they wanted they pushed me into doing as many sports as they could pretty much think of um and, and I'm very appreciative of that I, I love my rugby when I was younger I could still be doing it but I think I think mum didn't really want me to keep doing that um but I loved I loved running around I love soccer um yeah I did a, I did I did a, I did quite a bit of a range off the back of rugby season I'd do Oz tag as well I did taekwondo for quite a few years um, yeah. Bloody so. hell, look at you go, mate. You've, there's not many sports you haven't done there. I think you only didn't mention cricket. Now, just in terms of, um, you know, the young listeners out there and you're, you're a youngster yourself, but do you recommend that, you know, the swimmers out there make sure they're keeping, you know, their, their, their options open, a broad mind, making sure they might not be a sport. It might be another hobby. It might be music. It might be something else. But how important is it, do you think, whilst swimming is, uh, you know, a priority to us that we're still making sure we've got other things outside of that to make sure we're we're well balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, balance is balance is really crucial, and it's something that I always think about when I'm when I'm weighing up my decisions and prioritizing different things and stuff like that. Um, especially when you're young, you never want to limit yourself and um, specialize too young that um you you don't even find out what you're what you what you could have done in different different aspects of life. Um, that even comes back to swimming. You know, my coach has always told me that you should, everyone should be doing IM and should be training, pretty much training for IM, just so that um, you stay in touch with all your strokes and and um, you just you never know what you'll end up being good at when you're older. And so, if you if you've been training IM as a youngster, then then you can always assume that wherever wherever the sport takes you, then then you'll know where you're best at right at the top. Absolutely, mate. It's great advice because you, you just never know in terms of your, you know, maturation and how big or strong you get and everyone develops in different ways. So I think that's great advice because, you know, what you are as an 11 or 12 year old, you certainly aren't when you're 19 or 20, that's for sure. Most people aren't anyway. So I think that's great advice. And clearly you're listening to it, given, as I said, you were the gold medalist from this year's age, 200 meter medley. So it's good to hear you're listening to your coach, mate. In terms of uh, heroes, idols, who, who have you looked up to? Could be even outside of swimming, but have you had any athletes that you've looked at and, and who have inspired you? Yeah, I mean, I, I like my sporting my sporting idols just because it, it feels a bit closer to home for me. Uh, I, it, it, that's just a personal thing. I wouldn't recommend going off that alone. But I do like um at the moment I, I like Caleb Dressler. He's really red hot. Um, he's he's quite he's quite dominant across a few events, and and that comes back to the previous question in that you know he he hasn't limited himself when he was younger, and he's just pushed all the way through, and and now he's able to. He's bit, he's at the top of the world stage at um freestyle and butterfly. And so that's a good example of that. Um also Michael Jordan and um, you know, he's kind of just he's kind of just everyone's hero athlete. Um he's a bit of a I would say he's probably the most athletic person in, in history. And so 
yeah, I, I like I like my I like to keep my idols right at the top so that you know when you're looking at it, you can think, oh, well, I can aspire to be all the way out there as well. Hey, that's a great way to think. And did you, you know, mentioning obviously Michael Jordan, and it's been a year probably since it was on, but did you watch the documentary? Yeah, no, I love the documentary. I remember, I still remember that it only came out on every um every week on Mondays. On yeah, Monday. how annoying was it? <laughs> I was just, so, just waiting for Mondays to come around. It was, it was really getting to me by the last yeah. week. Um, yeah, no, but I love that show. Um, I wish I could do more like that or just another one of those. I'd, I'd even watch just, I'd watch it again if it was on. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a great insight into, you know, the great competitive mindsets, isn't it? I mean, just that clip of him, you know, um, really going to town and trying to just flip a coin closest to the wall. And he didn't want to end the game until like he won that game and he had a basketball game to go play, but he was so competitive that he wanted to, you know, flick the, I mean, just goes to show how, you know, the, how those great minds work and just to take a step back to obviously Caleb Dressel, you're a, you're a young adult now, mate, I think 17, are you turning 18 or are you 18 yet? Oh, I turn 18 in January. In January, there you go. Any um, any aspirations to start a sleeve like your idol, Caleb Dressel? <laughs> no, no, I think my mum would kill me if I did. Um, <laughs> well, mate, I did see her walk past before, so I purposely threw that one out there to see if she was listening. So, uh, no, I don't think it's for everyone, those sleeves, but uh, <laughs> certainly he seems to pull it off uh, quite well. Um in terms of you know what you enjoy about training mate now everyone enjoys different things it's it's sometimes about you know training with your mates sometimes it's about just competing so some people only like competing they only train because it's necessary to get them ready to compete some people the complete opposite they really like training competition maybe not so much what part of swimming do you enjoy the most um i would say i would say racing is obviously you know it's where you see results and it's where you see the direct improvement and i find that the most enjoyable just being there and showing what you've worked hard for but but in saying that you are it's a reflection of what you've worked hard for and so every day in training that's always in the back of my mind where i think you know i'm I'm here i'm here to get better and i'm here to show my worth at the at the next meet or, or at wherever it is um yeah so i kind of i would say i do like racing more but training is still you know i I would say that i'd be hard pressed to find someone who would stick with swimming but doesn't enjoy the training side of it because you you do have to kind of love it to to stick with it and to stick with it for a while day in day out especially at that top level isn't it it's something obviously you guys mature and you start to learn but um it's one thing I find fascinating as a coach with swimming quite often if you watch soccer or you watch football or netball for the girls whatever it might be uh, everyone really wants to play on the weekend but training they sometimes miss so they don't worry so much about when it comes to swimming sometimes it's the complete opposite everyone really loves training they you know they enjoy getting around their teammates and then they go compete and people that's when the nerves kick in and everyone's like oh I don't really want to race yeah. uh, I'm a bit nervous that I'm going to let myself down or my team down but it's it's a complete opposite in terms of sports psychology, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess with a lot of other team sports, they play slightly more regularly. It might be a week competition or, or whatever. Whereas in swimming, it's it's mostly training. It's probably ninety percent of the, the year is training, but only ten percent is racing at, at most. Um, and so I guess that plays a role in the psychology behind you know going to compete in an individual sport versus a team sport. 
Mate, great point. Look at you go there. I think just, I've just learned something myself. Note to self, get the kids racing more. Obviously, we can't right now during COVID, but once that uh, you know dies away, get people racing more, make them more comfortable around competition. Absolutely love it, mate. Now, in terms of things that uh, you, know, you might have struggled with or hurdles to overcome, what are some of those things been for you? And I'll give you some examples. Some people obviously struggle with dealing with nerves before a race, as I just talked about. Sometimes it's executing a race plan. We, you know, we all can write it down. We all understand easy speed and all that sort of stuff. Different to go out and execute it at times, especially at the high level. Or it might even just be dealing with, you know, a long program, obviously with yourself. And I'll go through it a little bit later when we get to it. You know, National Age was a big week for you. There's a lot of racing there. Sometimes people struggle to get up for all their events. Has there been anything for you, you know, in your brief short period, as I said, you're young pup but that you've struggled with um look i would say i would say racing for me did come pretty naturally i i, I did start racing from quite a young age um like you said I, I do find sometimes with the big programs and a couple events a day that does get to me and it does affect me beforehand you know driving to the pool it's like oh I got a big one. I'm going to save myself, and then I'm like, no, no you can't save yourself. You got to go. You got to go for the race. You got to take it one race at a time. Um, but my coaches, all through all through my junior life, have all been very good with, you know, putting me in a lot of events, and so they remind me that when you get older, you might specialize. But also, it's good to just it's good to do a lot of events and um, not limit yourself in that regard. Man, a hundred percent. As I said, we'll we'll get to it in a minute. Um, you know, with your national age and. Although, you know, certainly a lot of individual events here, you're up for the for the relays quite a bit as well. So it's one thing to feel like, you know, you're buggered and you're tired, but you've got to get up for the for the boys or I know you're in the mix as well. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, a completely different kettle of fish and you've got to find that motivation to get up because you don't want to let your teammates down. Um, before we get to that uh, and that massive meet for you, what are some of your favourite events to race in the pool? Uh, obviously I mentioned the 200 IM you won gold at national age this year and I, I know you know we'll get to trials as well where you finaled at Olympic trials in the 200 IM so that's no doubt one of your favorites what else what are your, some of your favorite races to get amongst oh uh, look I, I do I like I like a I like a whole range I don't really like to limit myself and and I'm lucky that my coaches have been like that from a young age but um I caught in from from when I was really young. I was really keen on 100 and 200 breasts, and then it came down to 50 breasts as well. I love my breast show. Um, I've come to love the sprints as well. Um, I, I I'll do a 50 free every day of the week. Um, 100 free as well. If there's if it's short course, then I'll probably jump in for 100 IM, maybe 100 fly. Um, yeah. Generally, generally, the shorter the event, the more I'll enjoy it. You sound like all of my uh, swimmers in my squad, mate. So uh, you're not alone there, definitely. And as they say, mate, variety is the spice of life. So, you know, you keeping your options open and being ready for everything is is absolutely brilliant. Now, we've mentioned it quite a bit. I want to get to it now. Let's talk about this year's National Age Championships. It was on the Gold Coast. Uh, you came away with seven medals in total. I think you gold in the 200 IEM, but a few individual medals in the breaststroke and obviously relay success with your team as well. Um, this was built for a long time. We, we know 2020 national age was cancelled, um, you know, through to COVID. Um, so obviously this wasn't just your normal preparation. This was a long time building up. How excited were you just to get out and race on the Gold Coast earlier this year? Oh, look, excitement for this one. I could talk about this for days on end, to be honest. Um, you know, that, that 2021 being cancelled, although it was disheartening, 
I look back on it now and, and I was really, really pumped to get up for this one this year. Um, obviously, in 2020, one of my goals was to be on the off the back of it to make a junior team or something. And when I was when when everyone was denied the opportunity for that to happen, um, you know, it just feel, it was just more fuel in the fire for this year's one. Um, yeah, and like you mentioned, the the relays, um, um, we're very lucky at, at Knox to be able to have quite have quite strong depth and um a lot of a lot of consistent swimmers. So we always get up for the relays, and I, I personally I really like the relays. I think it's a real enjoyment factor in the in the sport of swimming. And um, yeah, so there was a lot to be excited about. I got to say. Absolutely, man. That was just you guys as swimmers, but even as a coach, I was pumped just to get out of the state and go go get amongst it and and to coach, you know, at that level because we hadn't been able to do it for for quite some time. Two questions to come out of of your answer there. Number one, that junior Australian team goal. Uh, how far in the future, you know, in the past? Sorry, when you look back, did you sort of start to plan that with your coach? Dobbo or had you had that in your head before and then he mentioned to you you know what are your goals Josh coming up and you said well Mal, I want to be on that junior Australian team it's something that I think and the reason I ask this I don't think it gets brought up enough these days in terms of setting those goals in that bar nice and high to say you know this is where I want to be in a year's time how far away did you set that goal of of being able to get on that team which ultimately you went on to achieve yeah um Look, the junior team is something that's very well promoted in Australia and, and we're very lucky to have that. Um, and so I did, I, I always knew it was around. I knew maybe it was a little bit out of reach when I was, say, 14. But even from the age of 15, I would say that I was, it was in the back of my mind um, at the, when I was 15 in 2019 age nationals. I was, I was thinking about it, although it was, it was a real long shot. I think about what, what you know, Caleb Dressel says, there should be a fine line between goal setting and laughter, right? Mm. Which just, which is just his way of saying, um, you know, you should, you should aim for the, aim for the moon, and even if you don't get there, you still land among the stars. And so, I always, always, my goal times, um, my old coach Shetland Cove, he would always go, wow, that's a little bit unrealistic, don't you? Reckon? Like, no, no, we'll just do it. Yeah. Um, your goal, your goal should just be, you know, everything aside, just what you really want to see and what you really want to have at the end of the day, and um. As long as as long as you have that, then uh, I think your goal sheet looks right. But um, Dobbo was very good as well. He, he's very on top of the Swimming Australia stuff, and you know he recognised early on that um, he felt like I could be a potential for junior team in 2020. And even then, I was like, oh, I might be a stretch, but he he, he fully backed me, and I'm very lucky that um, Dobbo is quite good in that regard, and that he he believes in all of his swimmers, and he and he wants everyone to push themselves to the fullest. And um, yeah, just to just achieve everything that they're, they're truly deserving of. Mm. Well, mate, as I said, you know, your versatility certainly makes you a big target in terms of making those teams because whether it's breaststroke or IM or, you know, you can still throw down for a fast 50 and 100 freestyle for the relays and stuff like that. So definitely, you know, makes you one of those ones to be watching to get on those teams. So, and I thought that was great advice, what you just gave there for all the younger listeners out there. Uh, make sure you are setting those goals nice and high. Um you know, because as you said, you, you know, whilst it might seem unrealistic at the time, if you work hard enough, certainly quickly becomes reality. The other thing I wanted to touch on just after what you said before about uh, nationals on the Gold Coast, pretty big program for you. We mentioned it before with heats and finals and relays. H how do you go with your recovery in terms of your swim downs, your warm ups, your stretching and activation, your nutrition? Because I think sometimes that's undersold how important it is to making sure you're eating at the right times and eating the right amounts. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Look, it's something that, that I've had to work on um, all through my, all through swimming life. Um, it, it, it was never something that came naturally for me. The, the big week-long meets having quite a lot of events. Um, re- recovery is quite an important part. And, you know, some my coaches would say, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of the swimmers that I know, they have naps between heats and finals. So maybe you should try that. And then I did. And then I woke up that day and I was like, oh, I don't really want to race the final now. I'm kind of, I'm enjoying my sleep here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have had to get that right. But now I think this year from memory, um, I, I like to, on the first few days, I generally don't feel tired between the heats and finals. So I probably won't have a nap, but um, I do like to do a bit of, a bit of my own um, trigger ball massage and um, a little bit of light stretching, but just taking your mind away from swimming just for a little bit is also important. So, you know, the family, I mean, we'll, we'll reflect on, on the heat and what we could do better, but there's, there's not, a, there's not heaps of, you know, thought about the, the swimming, you kind of, you're at the pool, you think about the swimming and then you come, you come back to where you're staying and then you, you kind of, you kind of drop it from there. Um, but yeah, uh, my family's also good in, in um, providing me with a lot of food and my mom's quite a good cook. So I, I genuinely don't have to worry about that too much, but yeah, she gives me always the uh, the right amount of carbs and protein straight after as well. What's your that. favorite meal to come back to? So if you've had a big heat session, you know you've got a couple of finals that night, and you're coming back. What do you get excited for when Mum says lunch is ready? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have a huge palate, but um, <laughs> I I do enjoy I do enjoy my um my udon noodles or ramen noodles. They're quite high in carbs as well. Um, also before the meat starts, I, I do love a good spag bowl. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's a staple for all swimmers out there, I think. Um, in terms of, obviously, I, I like to talk about race plans. I think it's important because I think, you know, for the younger listeners out there, it's it's always good to hear different people's race plans and how people go about it. Obviously, we, we know that swimming these days, and I say these days, I'm sure it always has been, but it's a lot more vocal these days, that it's more process oriented than it is outcome. So we want to make sure we're focusing on our race plan you know, what we want to achieve within the race, and then the, res- the result will take care of itself. What is your ideal race plan for a 200 IM? Ah, oh, for 200 IM. Um, Where did you think I was going to go? I wasn't sure there, really. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, to, um, I guess in the fly, uh, you know, the whole, the whole race, actually, you, the skills are really important in, in 200s because you know, that's where you'll get a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of efficiency in terms of time, but also energy spent for that short period of time. And um, yeah, so fly is usually easy speed. I used to breathe single strokes in fly, but now I just breathe every two. Um, but the purpose behind that is still to just make sure you're well oxygenated, um, not going too hard. You, you want to use your easy speed and usually with, the, with the, every second breath, you can get into quite a good rhythm. Uh, on the backstroke, backstroke being a weak stroke for me, um, generally I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, just go for it, just go all out because it's your weak stroke. You gotta, you gotta stick with the field if it's a good field, and um, yeah. But also, you don't want to, you don't want to spend your legs in that leg because then you got nothing on the freestyle. So it's quite, a, it's quite a fine balance between you know easy speed on that backstroke and um, breaststroke. I would say. Um, breaststroke for me, it comes, it comes a lot from the training, just training the tempo and training the rhythm, um, that will give you the best, uh, efficiency and the best, the best, the best time for energy spent similarly to the skills. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, now freestyle is always just, 
whatever you got left, you just go for it. Mate, in terms of, I'm interested, uh, we mentioned idols and, and things like that before, and obviously Caleb Dressel is one of them. In terms of Australian swimming, you're in a final in uh, the Olympic trials, and we'll get to that for the 200 IM. But are there any, you know, swimmers within Australia that you look at that are, are you know, idols and people that you look at and say, oh, I'd love to be right up there, right next to them in the final, in a finish, like a Mitch Larkin, like a Brendan Smith who's killing it at the moment over in the ISL? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, look, Australian swimming is so so strong right now i wouldn't say i wouldn't pinpoint it down to one person I, I'm, I'm really i'm really um admiring the whole australian swim team at the moment and that olympic team they had they had a great campaign over in tokyo um something that it was another it was, it was on my goal sheet as a stretch goal to, to as a target but you know that, that, that was just a great team and i'm sure it was great to be a part of um you know i i, I do like um Kyle, I've spoken to Kyle quite a couple of times. I've seen him around the pool and um, he, he's just a nice guy. He's quite approachable and he's also he's also right in there with the best of the world, if not the best in the world, arguably, um, in the in the freestyles. And so he's setting quite a good tone for the young Australian guys because he also came from quite a strong um, age group career and he just, he just carried it all the way through. And so, you know, that's something really admirable for age group swimmers to look at. Absolutely. I had him on the podcast the other week and got fortunate enough to chat to him over in, in Italy and uh, 100%, you know, he he is a great role model. You only have to look at the the, the post-race um, interview that he had after the 100 freestyle. No doubt he was gutted that he, you know, didn't quite get the goal that he was chasing, but I thought he spoke brilliantly after his race in terms of just letting everybody know that, yes, he was feeling it, but at the same time he was very proud of what he had achieved and, and so he should be. Um, and yeah, he did mention in that podcast, by the way, that he's very keen for you youngsters to start coming up and chasing him. He really wants that, uh, you know, that competition from the young swimmers coming through. So, uh, yeah, he's watching all the youngsters coming through as as well as much as you guys are watching him and separately mate did you ever think about changing your hair color like he has lately because that blonde's working for him oh if it's working for him then it's then oh, we'll have to, i'll give it a go in australia eh? yeah. <laughs> oh mate yeah no i don't think i could pull it off but uh you know kyle chalmers for sure he, he can pull it off no doubt now just back to uh age nationals mate and obviously we mentioned at the top uh, you know so many medals and plenty of those were with relays and your teammates at knox Golds in the four by fifty, the silver I think was in the four by one IM, and bronze even in the mixed relay. How much did you enjoy being a part of you know those relay teams? Yeah, no relays. Are, relays will have, always have a special place in my heart. Um, you know, it's kind of it's almost where you break out into first state medals and then first national medals. Um, but it's great to be a part of a big club that that will always you know put their best foot forward for the relays even at a national level. Um, yeah, so so. Um, and I do love I do like the fifties, like I said a bit earlier. Um, and so the four by fifties, you know, a lot of a lot of my teammates they also like the fifties, and and they'll they'll definitely get up for it. And so it's really good to just have a good supportive environment, and also like minded people who will be willing to put in put in put in like it's an individual and care for it, like it, it they they valued a hundred percent in it. Well, no doubt, obviously, great, you know, club and team culture, and that's what I want to get to now. We'll talk to, about Dobbo uh, in a moment. But firstly, you know, that Knox Pimble team culture. Talk to me about, 
you know, what makes it so special, do you think, from as a coach, you know, in terms of even New South Wales swimming, you guys are one of the top clubs, not just in New South Wales swimming, but when you go to that age group Australian level, the depth is all there. Tremendous results, great, you know, history within the club as well. What do you think, you know, you guys do so well to make that club culture so strong? Um, I think they've, they've had quite good leaders and, and quite a structured um, leadership program because they're based out of two schools. Um, and the, the schools will pick their swimming captains every year. And so there is kind of, you know, there is kind of not, not an idol, but almost a role model in that regard for younger kids to look up to. And then as you, as you progress through the school years, it's, there's a bit of a linear structure and quite easy to follow, following the footsteps of the year before, or even years before, like you mentioned, there's, there's quite a strong legacy at um, mm. Knox Um But yeah, at the moment, I would say the, there's, there's quite a good culture in that, you know, a lot of the guys are very good mates and they've, they've been bonded through the sport, which is quite nice to see. Um, yeah, and then they, they take that to the meet and, and they're supportive of each other, you know, um we, we often cheer and, and get around each other at the meet so yeah that's quite well that, yeah that's very evident mate just as a you know a coach from another club within a, new south wales uh, watching you guys definitely cheering each other on on pool deck when it comes time to finals time or whatever it might be and even just you know stretching and activating you know behind the scenes in the corridors there at, at SOPAC always together I, you know i walk past you're always in my way but it's okay i don't i don't i don't hold any grudges it's okay everyone moves out of my way they're nice enough but uh, i see you you guys are all together so there's definitely that team culture about no doubt that's fostered from you know your coach nick dobson obviously a fantastic coach and you know I've had uh, Joseph Hampson on the podcast before and I've had a few others that have, you know, spoken about him, you know, quite glowingly and strongly. How has he helped you take your swimming to the next level? Yeah, oh, I'm not sure exactly the words of what some of the other guys have said, but, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't speak highly enough of Dubbo. Um, he, he just, he, he, he has quite a, he's a lot of people, obviously, like we were saying, it's quite a big club and, and, and quite a big program that he runs, but he somehow makes the time and effort to get to know everyone individually and really um, just help everyone as not only as swimmers, but as people um, on, on an individual level as well. You know, he, he does write, he does write one or two sets maybe for the, for the shorter distance versus longer distance guys, but you know, they're always catered and, and he leaves it open and it's just, it's just catered to everyone's needs. And um, yeah, he, he's just, he's a great leader and a great role model and great someone great to have in the club yeah well said mate now just quickly on on that answer how important is it for you do you think that coaches do differentiate between the swimmers and not sort of have you know one model fits all you know square peg round hole that sort of whole scenario obviously as we've grown in in our sport we've understood more and we've learned more and we understand now that you know, there's sprinters and there's middle distance swimmers and there's distance swimmers and there's all sort of different personalities that go into that. But obviously, you know, you touched on it there and one of Dobbo's strengths is finding out how everybody ticks and getting to know people on a personal level. How important was that for you? Um, I, I do value that quite a lot. You know, it, it, all, a lot of the coaches around New South Wales and around Australia, they all, they all as, as time progresses, we've all become very knowledgeable in the sport and, um, come to know what it's about. But it's, I find that it's equally important that they get to know you as a person and so they, it, it kind of caters for your, for your needs and they can apply that knowledge to individuals versus just everyone. Um, yeah. 
No, great answer, mate. I think 100%. And for all the listeners out there who are coaches or whatever it might be, um, you know, might be coaching in a different sport, I don't know who the fans are out there, mate. I just know that the podcast goes out there and people download it. But if you are listening, 100%, you know, Josh hit the nail on the head. Getting to know your athletes is really, really important. Uh, let's get to know the coach, though, mate. What wouldn't we know about Dobbo? What don't we see that you get to see on pool deck? Um, Look, <laughs> it caught me by surprise one day that I found out, <laughs> not not it was, oh, a couple of years ago now, but I was in the club for quite a while, and I only found out that he went that he was a Knox boy. He was an old Knox boy as well. Um, quite late, and it just really took me aback, and I was like, "Oh, really? You were you were a Knox?" <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but he he lo- he loves his surfing. Um, he he sometimes in the club he goes by Jesus just because of his his nice um sometimes nice beard. And, yeah, um, he does have that Jesus type look about him. I understand that. Yes, yeah, not, not every day, but he wears sandals for the pool sometimes. And um, yeah, it's a real, it's a real Jesus look. <laughs> oh, nice one, mate. Now, in terms of your training, um, everyone's got favourite sessions uh, that they look forward to each week. Everyone's got obviously ones they don't look forward to each week. What are some of your favourite sessions each week at Knox that you really get excited for, and you come in with a bit of a spring in your step? Um, I know that Wednesday Arvos are usually sprint sessions. It's usually, oh, it can be short course, sometimes long course, but mostly short course, um, either 50s or, or dive 25s, you know. Um, it, comes, it comes from, you know, I enjoy the short races and equally I enjoy the short efforts in, in, you know, in training. And, um, yeah, generally I don't really like the, sometimes on Mondays just after one day off on Sunday, I still don't feel great on Monday Arvo. And so that that can here and there it can be not as good a session for me, um, and also also off Wednesday being sprint, I do sometimes enjoy just a bit of just a bit of aerobic flushing out. So that can that can either be on Friday or Saturday morning, I guess. Where you know it's it's a little bit longer on distance, but it, you really feel you feel better afterwards for just for doing a bit harder stuff. Yeah, it helps you recover and helps you get ready for, as you said, that Monday when it comes back around for you to feel fresh and, and ready to to hit it again, which, you know, sometimes doesn't, sometimes doesn't, as you mentioned. Now, we obviously, those are the ones you like. What are some of your toughest sets that maybe you did not like, but certainly pushed you to your limits? Yeah, um, well, the funny story, when, when I first came to Knox, I think it was either, I feel like it was either my first or second session, I can't quite remember, but... It was in January, and so they were doing a big block. And um, Dobbo just he just writes up on the board three one Ks descend one to three, and I was like, oh, this isn't really what I this isn't really what I had in mind for when I was moving to Knox." But yeah, so that one that one caught me by surprise. But there was one that we were doing regularly, I think last year or the year before. It's called the Bernard set. Uh, I'm sure they got it from Elaine Bernard or, or I don't know somewhere on the internet. But it's it's to do with um, hundreds with fins on and. 50s alternating between recovery and um just going for it quite firm um there's just a lot of hard efforts in that back to back and so yeah sometimes towards the end there's you see a little bit of picking from different people but yeah i, I that's not my favorite one i gotta admit i was gonna ask have you ever have you ever pushed yourself so hard mate you've had a bit of a chuck personally i'm not a, i'm not a peaker on the on the pool deck but um, there was one day, and I don't remember what set it was. It might have been Bernard set actually, but there was one day where I was just at home and I was just lying in bed, and like my, I, I said to my mom, like I can't control my saliva gland. It's just I'm just watering my mouth. It's just watering everywhere. <laughs> I don't know why. 
<laughs> oh, must, must have been. It sounds like it obviously got to you. Um, I, I want to get to obviously, and we touched on it just before the Olympic trials uh, down in Adelaide. Obviously, it seems like a while ago. It really wasn't that long ago. It was just in June. What was that experience like for you? I mean, you finaled in the 200 IM, as I said. What did you learn from that experience at that open level? Um, yeah, there, there were a lot of lessons. I think it was a different dynamic just being on being on an um, open national level meet, something that I haven't really done before. I mean, yes, there are age group national levels, but also that it was just a different different tone and a different environment where, you know, everyone's kind of there with with that goal in the in mind. And so there's there's that real feeling to the to the pool deck, even in the warm-ups and stuff. Um, I guess from from the final that I did, uh, the biggest thing that I took away is to just control yourself and, and control your nerves. Um, you know, all, all the coaches and all the all the support people that I had, they were, the advice that they were giving me was just, you know, you got nothing to lose. So you want to just go in and put your best foot forward and whatever you can do on the day is, is it is what it is. And as long as you've done your best, then, then you can say that, you know, you, you're not going to regret it and, and it'll be something that you remember for the rest of your life. A hundred percent, mate. And I think in the heats, if I'm not mistaken, I think you were right on your PB or just over your PB. Going into the final, I think when you finished that final, I think you ended up with a 204 and you are just over your PB. Here you go, showing my research skills here. Um, what did you take away from that sort of lesson? So what, what was the reasoning did you take away? Obviously, once you touch the wall and you go back and you have time to digest, rethink, look back. Why do you think you were a little bit over your PB in the final versus in the heats? where you were right on your PB and at your best? Was it something to do with obviously being a bit more starry-eyed? I mean, this is very different to you from the age championships where you were number one for your age group. Now, as I said before, you're coming up there and there's Mitch Larkin and there's Brendan Smith and a few of the other boys, so it's a bigger stage as such. What did you take away from that? Did that play any part? Or am I just reading way too much into it and you just weren't feeling that great that night? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... It was because so basically in the in the heats, I guess I, I really knew in my mind that the final was was what I was what I really wanted to make, and I wouldn't have settled for a B final. And it was and it was it was cool because I think I was eighth, and the ninth place swimmer was 0.01 behind me. So you know I could have come down to a swim off, or I could have just been in the B final. But um, I knew that final was my goal because I've, um I just I just I'd had I've been doing a lot of study for year twelve, um going through, and so my training hadn't been right up there where it would normally be even even going in going before age nationals so I, like i wasn't so concerned about the time it was i was just worried about you know coming in that coming in that final and i just wanted to make sure that i was there so that heat i really did go for it and, and i gave it everything um in the final i guess you could say yeah it was it was all, all bets are off and all, all the stakes were gone so um I, I didn't really have the same goal of and the ambition of making that final but um yeah, uh, I guess I was also a little bit like my head wasn't quite screwed on. Um, I went really hard in the backstroke lap. And and like what I was talking about before, I didn't quite stick to my race plan in that I was just going, I was just going really hard and just fighting the water. And in the end, my backstroke split wasn't even that much better. It was a little bit faster, but not that much better than what it could have been. And um, but yeah, then I really didn't have any gas left in the freestyle leg. And so, yeah, I guess that comes down to just just a different environment that I was racing in. But the takeaway is that I've, I've done it now and I'll know what to do and what to how to be better for it next time. 
Mate, 100%. I didn't even have that question written down, but I'm glad I asked it because, you know, there are swimmers out there even at, a, you know, international level that are still getting into positions they've never been in before and are, are coming up with these sort of things. As you said, you know, you probably pushed the pedal down a bit too much in the backstroke. You didn't even get that much more of a reward from it, but you gassed yourself and, you you know, not a lot of petrol left in the tank in that last 53, which you probably normally would feel. That's a life lesson for you there and no doubt 2022, there's a lot of swing, uh, you know, on the cards for making Australian teams for whatever it might be. So no doubt you're going to be in that arena again. Um, and, you know, hopefully now you've learned that lesson and, you know, you're going to be more experienced for it. So don't, yeah, don't feel bad. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> As I said, you know, you it's like everybody out there uh, and even on the top level, like the, the amount of people I've spoken to on the podcast that are at that international level winning medals at Olympic Games that, you know, are coming up with these sort of, uh, experiences and life lessons and, you know, swimming lessons are, is crazy. So, you know, you're definitely not alone there. Um, you know, did you get that taste of it down in Adelaide? Did you get the bug that you wanted to be at that level again? And I don't want to say the age group level is a level below because obviously I'm an age group coach and I enjoy coaching at that level and no doubt you enjoy racing at that level as well. But, you know, you're at that age group now. As you said, you're turning 18 in January, so it's gonna it's gonna start to trickle over. Are you enjoying that? Or did you get the bug? Did you want to be back in that environment again? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not that it's not that um, age group swimming. I view it as as a lesser experience. They're both national levels. It's just because you know, obviously, you can't be in age group forever, and it's just my time is just coming up and running out for that. Um, but yeah, definitely when I was there, because because it was a real low pressure meet for me, I didn't I didn't have a lot of expectation on myself. Um, it, it was quite enjoyable and and like like we were talking about, there was quite a bit of stuff that I took away from it as well. And so I am keen to keep doing more of that and keep learning more and, and enjoying it more. I think it, it is quite a fun experience racing at that type of level. Well, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you at that level once again. As I said, in, in 2022, there's a lot of competition coming up internationally, so there's no doubt going to be a lot of trials and a lot of senior meets coming along. Um, hopefully, New South Wales gets out of uh, lockdown so we can get out and get amongst it. Now, just switching tacks, obviously, um, you know, school, swimming, that balance – uh, there's a lot of listeners to the podcast that, you know, they might be in year 12, they might be in year 10, they might be in year 8. They're still trying to find that balance. How easy slash hard has that been for you through your career and how are you going with it now? Um, it's something, the, the, that, that balance with school and swimming is something that I've prioritised from a very young age. And so I guess I, it, does, it does come hard at the start, but once you find your mojo, you, you know what you sort of should be doing here and there and how you can best manage your time. Um, yeah, but, but this year has been especially hard just because it's year 12 and the school loads kind of ramped up a bit. The importance is ramped up exponentially. And um, yeah, so, so it was hard this year and I did have to cut back on a few sessions a week uh, in term two, which was before Olympic trials. I was a bit gutted about that because I was like, oh, you know, shouldn't I be training the hardest I've ever trained going into the biggest meet that I've ever done? But yeah, it's just the way the it's just the way that um you just, you just play the cards you've been dealt. Um, but yeah, swimming swimming in school it's a hard balance because they both require quite a lot of time. But once you get good at, at um managing your time, you, you know it, it comes a second nature, and you don't really have to think about it after a little while. That's great advice, and 
the other thing to remember, and especially for you and the athlete that you are, is that um, you know there's so much knowledge these days in terms of that long-term athlete development, in terms of the longevity in in their sport that you guys as swimmers and athletes have i mean back when when i swam not very successfully mind you um it was you know if you were 16 years old and you were you know only just doing average it was like well you probably should be looking at giving it up soon if you haven't made it by now you're not going to make it whereas now we're looking at these you know older athletes absolutely slaying it looking at brendan hayden and, and all these guys in at the olympics at, at you know such a, a varied age you know obviously we've got young david popovici chlorine daddy at a 16 year old level doing well but we've got people at you know 30 years plus still doing really well so it kind of puts it in perspective doesn't it when you're looking at school it's such a brief period of your life and you can still now you know continue your swimming career a lot longer after yeah, yeah. I mean, my coaches from a young age, they set me up to really, you know, never, never, you, you do the amount of sessions you do, whatever you start on. And um, as long as you're still improving with that, then then there's no need as an age group but to go up. You know, there, there were kids around the same age when I was like eight or nine, and they'd be doing more than double the amount of sessions. I started on three sessions a week and I was doing other sports as well. But um, they'll be doing, they'll be doing more than six, they're probably doing seven or eight. And I, and I was kind of of the view that I was like, oh, mum, Maybe I should be doing more sessions because, um, you know, uh, people my age and people that I race against are doing that. And but my coaches always n- not advise me to not train more, but just remember that as an age grouper, you know, time improvement does come a, a little bit more naturally as you're younger. And so you don't need to ramp up the sessions. You, you just want to be able to be the best you can be at, at what you've got at the moment. And then once you've once you've maximized what you've got, then then started expanding and, and improving on in that regard. So I still do consider myself as not 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 new to the sport, but like I have a lot of things that I've been saving that I want to implement into my racing strategies and, and racing techniques and training periods that I haven't I haven't even started yet. But I will want I will start that and so hopefully I'll still be able to see lots more improvement and, and that's something that Dubbo's got in mind as well that I'm hopeful we'll we'll, we'll be able to use that effectively. Well, mate, I'm looking forward to that just as a, a spectator on the sidelines. And um, before I forget, mate, good luck with the HSC. Obviously, we know it got pushed back to to November. Did, did that worry you at all? Obviously, you're up in Queensland. How did you go? Actually, there's a question. How did you go with all your studying and stuff being up there? Uh, so Knox was very good. You know, they're, they're quite a – I'm very lucky to be at that school because they did all their stuff online. So there was a lot of online classes and so – Pretty much, I, I don't think I don't consider myself any any less um, less um, advantaged or anything mm. from being uh, at a different state or a different city um, because everything all the classes were online, the trials exams were run online, and so I didn't really miss a beat. I mean, I, I did I did have I didn't quite have the same books that I had at home. I didn't obviously didn't bring everything to Olympic trials, but um. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really miss out on too much, and that was just a function of the school being very good and very diligent in, in the online world. Yeah, well, lucky you, and kudos to to Knox for for helping you out there. And as I said, you make good luck with with the HSC ramping up. Um, you're probably about a month and a bit away from from that. So, con- you know, congratulations for finishing school once that ends for you, mate. And hopefully, the borders open back up, and you can actually have a bit of a decent schoolies if that's you know you're excited for. Um, let's move on to some less serious questions. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, you'll know where I'm heading with this, mate. They're rapid fire. 
um, just a good way to get to know what uh, you know you're like away from the pool. First things that come to your head, chuck it out there. So the first one is, what's your favorite music to listen to? Uh, I like rap or, or hard stuff. Okay, what are you into at the moment in terms of rap? Because obviously. Uh, recently there's been some big albums dropped when the Drake was dropped and Kanye was dropped. What, what are some of your favourites? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I couldn't pinpoint it on one. Um, yeah, I, 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 do like, um, I do like Kanye's new album. Uh, I'm still getting, still getting used to Drake's new album as well, though. Not too bad. Um, I did go on a rant about Donda with uh, the Robert Thorpe podcast. So I'll try and stay away from that. But uh, that chant, Donda, Donda, 57 times. I understand there's a reason behind it, but come on. that's Listen, that's not a song. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, favorite movies, mate. What are your favorite movies to watch? Um, I am a bit of a Marvel fan myself. I did recently like the Shang-Chi movie. Yeah. What are your favorite uh, Marvel movies? Oh, I, I like it. Uh, I like the um, you know, the Avengers all together. But um, yeah, maybe maybe my favorite ones are Iron Man or Captain America. Did you watch Loki on um, on Disney Plus? Yeah, yeah, that that was my that was hands down my favorite series. If that was going to be the question, then that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but I did hear that the the season two is going to be in. Uh, 2023. Did you hear that as well? Or? No, I didn't hear that, but um, well, it's a bit, a bit of a while away. Why wouldn't they make it next year? I think people would get around it. 2023 seems a bit stretched. Yeah, I'd rather they just not tell us that it's coming in 2023 if it is, because then <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> No, I'm just not hopeful for it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, mate, being a swimmer, we mentioned Spag Bowl before. You're going to love your heavy meals, especially once you've had a few big sessions. What are your favourite meals to come home to? Um, yeah, I, I do like my my Japanese cuisine. Uh, I could I could even do I like pizza as well. Um, you know, mum makes a good meat lovers at home, but um, I could really do Italian or Japanese any day. Oh, Italian. How good is Italian food? Italian, Mexican, they're, they're two of my favourites as well. Uh, can't disagree with you there. Uh, TV shows, we mentioned obviously Loki on, on Netflix, but is there any other shows you like to binge watch? Uh, Loki, uh, like we talked about earlier, I did enjoy the Michael Jordan um, doco. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's about it. There's a few at the moment in there. I think it's, it's called Squid Game or something like that that's on Netflix at the moment. I know a lot of people are excited about there was clickbait that was on as well that was was pretty good and um made a few others what was the other one oh i can't remember now there was anyway there was one that all you young youngsters were, were getting around um it'll come to me at some point before we finish this this interview it'll come to me you watch uh what about quotes mate do you have any quotes that uh you you enjoy anything that dobbo's given to you or other coaches or anything that you keep with you um uh, look, I don't, I don't remember them as quotes from specific people as such, but I know they do say that they do have good one-liners and they are individually suited to me, just different, different role models and different support staff that I've had in, through my life. Um, they've given me one-liners to think about, whether that's before the race or before training or whatever. Dobbo's, Dobbo's quite good at the motivational speeches or in, inspirational speeches as well. So I'm, I'm quite lucky that you know, I don't have to rely on quotes by other people. I kind of got it naturally with, with the help of other people. Yeah, very nice. Now, I always like to finish 
my chats with with this question and you know feel free to be as uh, shoot for the stars as you like or as uh, you know keeping the cards close to your chest as you like but when we redo this interview in two three years time might be 2024 might be around the time where the olympic trials are coming on for paris what accomplishments would you like to me to add to that intro about you obviously already a very good one at an age group level i mentioned the phenomenal success you had this year on that sort of national domestic level as an age grouper in two three four years time what would you like me to be adding up there about you yeah sure um i guess i guess swimming is where i want to want to take it and where i want to pursue my career um in the next three ish years um you know my, my childhood ambition has always been to make the Australian team and to represent Australia, um, represent them well. And, and by doing, by meddling, I consider that representing them well. Um, yeah. So meddling on the, on the world stage, that's obviously a big goal and a big long-term goal in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. And also with, with the additions of the Australian swim league and uh, international swim league, they are providing quite, quite, um, you know, just a different path and a different alternative um, way of building yourself and building your career and representing yourself still on an um, still on an international stage. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll be in and amongst the international stage in those next coming years. Well, mate, not only that on the international stage, but we mentioned, you know, obviously domestically with the ASL and all that sort of stuff. So no doubt that sort of um, race experience is going to come through to Australia as well. And and you're going to be a big part of that, I'm sure, in the years to come. Uh, I love it, mate, just reaching out there and stretching for the stars. That question is always so interesting to me to ask because, you know, some people do shoot right out there and um, it's always good. You know, I mentioned um, the answer back to Kaylee McEwen who had asked that, on a podcast previously and then I had her on after Tokyo and you know that was an awesome experience for me to be able to you know answer back what she'd said then and obviously she'd gone on to achieve that in Tokyo so mate I love it um thank you very much for coming on the podcast for a chat um I've been a you know a big fan of yours for a while in terms of your racing and what you guys do at Knox Pimble so I'm glad to, to get you on for a chat mate um congratulations with everything you've done this year, I think, you you know, you made a tremendous uh, choice in staying up there in Queensland and, and keeping moving and obviously you didn't get stuck in lockdown like we did down here. So uh, upstairs for thinking, that's for sure, mate. You did a great job there and, you know, good luck in the future. And obviously I'll see you around on pool deck and hopefully get you on for another chat in the future. But until then, mate, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Um, I love what you're doing for the swimming community. I think it's really beneficial. So, yeah, thanks again. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to finish this interview with still not knowing what that bloody Netflix series was. I don't know if you noticed, but I was trying to look down on my phone. I was going to start trying to Google it. But anyway, it'll come to me later. I'll DM you. But uh, for all the listeners out there waiting for it, obviously you'll have to wait for another episode. We'll leave you on that cliffhanger. Thanks, mate, for coming on, and I'll chat to you soon. Yeah, no, good. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. If you're loving the podcast at the moment, then why not be a part of the show and join the OTB crew by purchasing our merchandise, the OTB crew original t-shirt. 
It's as easy as clicking the link tree in the bio, which will then take you directly to our website to purchase your own piece of the podcast. We deliver all over the world, so no matter where you are, you can still be a part of the crew. We have tank tops, socks, hoodies still to come, but why wait? Jump on Instagram page right now. Follow the link tree to our website to purchase your own OTB crew merch today. And speaking of the OTB crew, don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast, the OTB crew podcast, where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. I just want to be with you.